a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is our last segment today. Boy, this show has flown by so quickly. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in today. I've loved it. My name's Ethan Millett. I'm filling in for uh, for Boyd Matheson. And, uh, you know, I just want to mention one more time that Alex Curie and I still record the Nightside Project podcast, found wherever great podcasts are sold or given away. Ours is free. It's worth every penny. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap this show up. We've got a great, very thought-provoking topic here um, because up at Utah State, up at the Disability Research Policy and the Institute for Disability Research Policy and Practice at Utah State, they are trying to develop some techniques to identify mental health issues as early as possible. And we've got Ty Aller, who's a research for the researcher for the Institute with us. Ty, welcome. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad you've, you've joined us. And you know, uh, one of the things that I love that we've done here in Utah is we've really turned our attention over the last several years to mental health. And I'm really proud that KSL has just been right there on it, bringing as much good information to the community as possible when it comes to mental health and protecting our families. Tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to do with this new project in helping community members to identify mental health issues. Yeah, I think you've explained it pretty well so far. What what we're really trying to work on is preventing mental health issues from occurring or worsening using um, kind of a model called mental health literacy that was developed in Australia, actually. And what we've done here at Utah State University over the last few years is adapt um, a curriculum that was taught in a college course, and now we're adapting that to serve communities across Utah um, with a training grant that we have actually right now. And this current grant is really focusing on training youth to identify mental health issues, locate resources within their communities that may be effective at treating those issues, and then actually learning how to have conversations with their friends or peers or you know other people that might be experiencing mental health issues to help them get connected to those resources with the entire purpose being to prevent the issues from either happening or worsening over time. And so the idea is we go in and have conversations with youth um, and start talking to them about how do we identify if our friend has depression. And then Mm -hmm. if they do have depression, what resource might be useful at treating it? And then how would you actually talk to them about getting access to that resource? So share with us an example, because obviously these kids are not going to be, you know, uh, diagnosing complex uh, mental health issues. But give us an example of something that one of these youths might be able to be trained to notice? Yeah, that's a really important question there, too, because we aren't training them to be diagnosticians by any means. Um, but just imagine, like, if, you know, you, you're playing soccer on a high school soccer team and one of your friends stops coming um, to practice as much, but they've always been really reliable to practice, and they're not coming, and you, you call them up and they say, hey, I'm just feeling pretty down 
Um, I don't really want to play soccer anymore. I don't really like what's going on in my life. Well, we could chalk that up to a bad day, or that might actually be some indicators of a mental health issue. And so the questions we try to help youth learn is how to first recognize that as a warning sign, but second, recognize that, hey, these things that are naturally occurring that are happening in, you know, Bobby's life, that sadness might actually be getting in the way of the life they want to live. And we know that there are some mental health resources that might actually um, help give Bobby's life back on track. And what we know about mental health issues is if we're able to start treating them earlier in their progression, we usually have better outcomes. So the idea is to get to them before they're thrown down through the rapids. Uh, are you getting a good response? Are there a lot of, uh, of youths that are, are interested in getting this kind of training? You know, what's been great is that we've been partnering with Utah State University Extension, and they've just done a beautiful job over the last few years at providing other similar trainings across the state. So we're really piggybacking off of efforts that have already been done by Utah State and Utah State University Extension. So, yeah, we've we've had a great um great year so far and we have about another year and we're always looking to schedule new people if they're wanting trainings currently we're working within the 4-h system but if k-12 through folks want to join or if you know there are youth church groups that would like to have these conversations we're happy to kind of meet with y'all and figure out what exactly would be a good fit for your organization and then figure out how we can deliver the training to y'all so you can get the knowledge okay so if someone has got a a youth group a school a church group, something like that, and, they, and they're interested in looking at this program, how do they access it? Yeah, so you can actually send me a personal email, actually, and I will respond to you because that's part of my main job. So if you just email me at ty, T-Y period, aller, A-L-L-E-R, at usu.edu, I'd be happy to talk with you all and schedule a meeting with our team. And then we reach out and we figure out a time and a date that works best. Okay. All right. Ty Aller is a researcher with the Institute for Disability Research Policy and Practice at Utah State University. Uh, Ty, this is, uh, I think, a, a timely and needed program. Thanks so much for rolling it out. We appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I've got just a couple of minutes left. I know you guys are, are expecting news coming up here with Jeff. He's he's actually just sitting right here getting his stuff ready. I can see him over there getting ready to go. So that's uh, as good a cue as I'm going to get probably that my time is short here. But I just want to thank you for having me along today. I've just loved it. I've had the best time today. You know, I started it this morning with Debbie and I filled in for Dave. And then Kevin, the program director here, you know, my old boss, he said, hey, can you do this? I said, you know what, let's do it. Let's keep it going. We'll do a marathon day with Ethan Millett on KSL. So I hope that if you've had a fraction of the fun that I have had today, then uh, then I know we've had a good day. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate you weighing in on some of these issues. We've hit some heavy ones. I'm not going to lie. We've hit some heavy ones. And uh, it's good to kind of flex those muscles a little bit. I don't get to pay a lot of attention to politics uh, right now in my current work at, uh, at Teton Wealth Group. So I was glad to do it. Uh, and I also want to point something out that maybe you guys don't always realize um, with Boyd's show. You hear it. I know you hear it because Boyd has one of the most put-together programs uh, on the radio. Um, and it's because he really has a great team. Kelly Pierce has 
a phenomenal producer for this show, and uh, and I learned that today. And of course, I had a great board op, Amber. And so it's just been uh, full of support today. This is a number one team uh, doing the uh, doing inside sources every day. You guys are lucky to have them here and lucky to be able to listen every day. And, and I hope you do. And I hope you're back again tomorrow. All right. In the meantime. I've actually got a kind of a pretty cool little line here, and I'm just going to read it, you guys. It's in here. It says, remember to always see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. So I hope if that's a traditional exit, I hope that I got it right. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Ethan Millett. I've been filling in for Boyd. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.